Does that saying look like Tarzan? Yeah. Yeah. James Wilder Jr. looks like Tarzan, plays like James. Oh, okay. You thought I was going, you thought I I was see, going I somewhere else with that, huh? I see what you did there. You are now listening to The Waggle, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. That's right. This is The Waggle podcast brought to you by the CFL, brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips. I am Donovan Bennett. I'm going to get a cut as soon as we are done this because I want to be fresh. So shout out to our friends at Sport Clips. Davis Sanchez is always fresh. And Davis, we start the podcast talking about Another Davis. Mm. <clears throat> Dominique. <clears throat> Dominique Davis. Yeah, he was, uh, that was the, uh, the controversy, the uh, battle at camp that I believe most uh, were intrigued with was, was Dom Davis and Jonathan Jennings, that quarterback spot, as we know. Uh, just finishing up uh, this weekend, just finished up my top 50, the top 50 TSM poll for players, and it uh, reminded me. Are you about to break some news? No. Is Dom Davis in your top 50 players? I can't confirm or deny that, okay, but okay. I would say this much: his performance uh, on the weekend in his first preseason game was that uh, wouldn't have hurt it. Wouldn't have hurt that. Mm. Uh, but it reminded me, filling out my ballot, uh, just how important quarterbacks are. And you, you might be, you know, the fifth best quarterback in the league, and be in the top ten. That's uh, of players just because of the value of quarterbacks. So I think the Red Blacks got to feel good. Dom Davis, to me, he looked uh, – and another thing, too, it, it, he looked great. They lost their offensive coordinator a month ago. And Winston October and Bo Walker, Joe Powpow, let's give some credit to those guys because uh, Dom Davis, you know his physical tools, uh, athlete, big arm, and it, Jonathan Jennings as well. Uh, but he also looked like he had a pretty good handle of the offense, looked comfortable, looked like he knew where he was going with the ball. And, and uh, you know, one thing I always say is a quarterback looks good and as a defensive guy looks dangerous when he's confident and stepping into his throws, he knows where he's going with the ball. There's no uncertainty. And that's, to me, that's what I saw in Dom Davis. And that, I, uh, I said it after the game was over on, on TSN that he would be the starter I believe that that performance uh, would make him the starter, and we heard uh, two days later that he has been announced as a starter. Is, is it too early for for that announcement? Uh, there's still another preseason game and two more weeks at camp. What, would you, what did you think, DJ? I was surprised that we heard, basically because there is no urgency. You don't have to decide now, and you, you want to make a decision with the most amount of information possible. And both guys acquitted themselves pretty well. In the preseason game against Hamilton, Davis completed five of seven passes for 118 yards. Uh, he was in there for three offensive series. Two of those ended up in field goals. Jennings was four of eight uh, for 75 yards in three series. Uh, rushed one time for four yards. It, one of his series in the game ended up in field goals. So not a huge difference, a difference of three points. Uh, Davis had one less attempt and completed one more ball. So it's not like one guy was, you know, lights out and the other guy was terrible. They're both solid, but Davis looked more comfortable. Right. He looked like he had more of a command of the offense. And, you know, they've said as much that this wasn't a decision based off of just this camp or even this year. They've seen the work from him in previous years and they've, they've had him in their building. They understand what he's about. Um, and, and they felt really good about him. They just had Trevor Harris, who was probably the third best QB in the league, 
in, in front of them. You have it's, it's funny, just real fast. You you hear people say <clears throat> sometimes it's lip service. You hear people say we really like this guy, our backup, or you know, we feel comfortable. But the guy's not playing. You know, a team's always going to talk good about a guy they have because it's an asset, right? But I heard that a lot about about Dom Davis and what I had seen from Winnipeg or when he was in Winnipeg, I didn't see anything that led me to believe that he was a guy. But every time I talk, I mean, I talked to Rick Hamill in the offseason. I talked to other people in the organization. They're like, Dom, Dom is, Dom is all right. Like Dom is, so they had confidence in Dom Davis. Another guy that uh, in that same game who people behind the scenes and, and had been speaking uh, highly about, and you saw it when Johnny Manziel and Hamilton was moved. Everybody said, a lot of people said, Dane Evans is a good backup and can be a starter. They love Dane Evans. And again, uh, they, sh- they showed why. He showed why to me. He looked uh, as a starter in Hamilton. Jeremiah didn't play. And Dane Evans, to me, looked like he can be a potentially uh, starting quarterback in this league. And Small sample, DJ, but for sure. But even if you want to look at that sample to what he did last year, you know, completed sixty-one percent of his balls when he got into games, uh, and he's still the thing that intrigues me about him. He's, he's still pretty young, like he's twenty-five. We're looking at you know Jennings, who you know obviously restructured his deal this offseason, hoping for a new lease on life uh, with Ottawa. He's twenty-six. You know, Davis is 29, so this is his time now. It's his time to shine. He reminds me, Davis, a little bit of Jeremiah Masoli, guy who's been a backup for a while. He was a name. People thought, okay. And, but he, he got some good coaching, a good QB-friendly system, and he bid his time. And then when he was got the opportunity as a starter, um, he was able to, to take it and run with it. We, we, we're going to both fill out a, a poll for the CFL.ca, answering a survey of a, of a bunch of different things. And, you know, one of the questions is, who's your, your breakout player? I don't know if that's the right terminology. Right. Who, who's the guy who's going to jump on the scene right. this year? My answer is going to be Davis because I think he is – Spoiler a, alert. Yeah, he's right. He is a guy who's, who's ready um, to, for this opportunity. Now – Will he have enough talent around him to make him look good? That we'll that is a que- that will be the question. Oh, how much I pose this question to you, Tommy Condell? June left recently. Yeah. Tommy Condell takes over. Tommy Condell, you know, universally universally has respect around the league as an offensive guy. As good as Dane Evans looked, and, and the short amount of time that Tommy has taken over, how much credit should Tommy Condell get for uh, having having this guy ready? I mean, a lot. I mean, again, he was he was someone as you mentioned that they were high high on you know last year at 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 this time. But but I think he should get a lot because again, he's still a young quarterback and he's still relative to the CFL. He's still in his embryonic stages, so. I honestly think, unlike the NFL, where the difference in talent, and specifically arm talent of the quarterbacks, at times can be vast. I think in the CFL, there's less of a difference between you know height, weight, size, athletic ability of the QBs. I think when guys really, really take their game to a next level, it is because of system and scheme 
because of coaching and confidence and because of the talent around them. Because if you look at the guys who are the premier players in the league now who are making a lot of money at the QB position, Bo Levi Mitchell, Mike Riley, Trevor Harris, all those guys at one point were Dane Evans or Dom Davis. They were guys who sat, who were third stringers hoping to make sure they make a team, then trusted backups, and then when they got their opportunity, they killed it. And I, I do think Evans and Davis will be in that category, which is why both teams worked to re-sign them in the offseason, because if not for you, maybe they'll be a great start elsewhere, and having that coveted piece on your rosters is, is, is important. As teams look you know, to, to acquire a quarterback... You think the Montreal Alouettes right now would love Dane Evans on their team? Let me let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Can they make another trade with the Tiger Cats for a quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> let me ask you a question, and it, go, it goes into what you're saying right now and my conversation about the top 50 players in the league. So the importance of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. If if you're starting, and I had this conversation with the with the reporter out west on the weekend, and we were discussing the top 50 poll, I said if you have if you're starting a team, if you're starting a team right now from scratch, and uh, where do you put a guy like? And uh, the two names that come come up will be uh, Dayton Evans and Chris Strebler is another one. Mm, yes, because of the value of a quarterback. Now, there's no possible way. All the great players in this league, and the small sample of what Chris Strebler has done, although great numbers, but he his his one start that he dominated was against Montreal that was terrible at the time. Uh, but he has looked great, but still we don't know about his accuracy and his passing and all that. Where do you take a guy or in, in where do you think he would go? Chris Streveler first and then Dane Evans. If teams are drafting from scratch, where do you think a guy like that goes? How high? Well, including the QBs that are starters? Yes. We're starting from scratch. I, st- I think they are who... I'd say they're our top 30, top 30 assets. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there are some game wreckers on the defensive side of the ball, specifically guys who play close to the line of scrimmage that you would take before them. Uh, Those I, guys will not have a chance to even matter if you don't have a quarterback. If Example is if Jeremiah Masoli gets hurt, or Matt Nichols gets hurt, and you don't have Chris Streveler, or you don't have Dane Evans, and whoever your third is is there, it does not matter if you have Delvin Bro. It does not matter if you have Adam Big Hill. True. It, but no one's coming to watch. No one's coming to watch offense who can't score. But, but Micah Johnson is proven, right? Big yeah, Willie I, Styles, I, I, Willie Jefferson is sure, proven. Sure. These guys, as good as they are, they're not proven yet. Exactly. I agree. So would I, would I take those guys over? You want to crown, crown their ass? <laughs> then go ahead and crown them. And shout out to, to Denny Green. Shout out Denny Green. Um, would, I take, would I take those defensive players over Mike Riley, Bowley by Mitchell, Trevor Harris, mm, Jeremiah Masoli? Right. No. Right. Um, but no, yeah, they, those guys would be in a tier after those those game wrecking defensive players, and I mean, even like a a road grading, you know, dominant, you know, offensive lineman. But even even saying that, having one of those guys is not that valuable. 
you 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 can have the best left tackle, but if the other four guys are blowing assignments every play, it doesn't really matter. So yeah, I, I to your point, I haven't thought of it before in that context. It's a good thought experiment to do. Yeah, I, those guys would be pretty high, but that's why not to you know go revisionist history. That's why in Toronto under the guise of Jim Barker, it was so important for them to groom Zach Caleros, to groom Trevor Harris, because you did not know what was going to happen to your starter and Ricky Ray, and you needed to continue to be competitive if and when he went down. Scott Milanovic. Scott Milanovic, shout out. But to the same standpoint, that's why, to me, it's so inexcusable that both those guys left your building and you got nothing back for it. They left in free agency. Like, at least if you weren't going to resign them, trade them because those guys were coveted, coveted assets yeah. to your point. Yeah. Because no other top 30 asset would just leave for 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 nothing. Um, you'd want to resign them yourself yeah. or you'd try to try and work out a, a trade. Um, DJ, in that game, while sticking with Hamilton, Ottawa, on a, on a sadder note or tougher part of the business, mm. Two things in, in that game, two things have come out of that game. And the first one is Ottawa receiver R.J. Shelton. And we all, anyone who was watching that game, they saw the non-contact injury Shelton returning. For those of you who didn't see it, Shelton was returning a kickoff. He's a second-year guy. Ultimately, he's a rookie because he didn't play. But he's a second-year with the team. Rick Campbell said uh, how hard he's worked and how much um, he had a grasp of the of the playbook this year and was – uh, having a great camp, got the kick return, started running, and just dropped. Nobody around him dropped dropped the football and mm-hmm. gr- immediately grabbed his Achilles. Sniper got him. Sniper got him. And uh, why that's why that was difficult was watching the emotion of of R.J. Sheldon as they lifted him up and put him on on the cart. Uh, you know, crying, his hands over his face, his teammates coming around. You realize that not only are you not going to be able to play this season, but the grueling rehab that you have in front of you. Just watching that brought back a lot of uh, emotion for me, just realizing everything that these young men go through uh, to fulfill their dream. And and then so quickly it could be gone. And, And the reality is R.J. Sheldon has been a star for his whole life of football hasn't yet yet to get an opportunity at the pro level to, to prove himself, and with one um, with one cut on the field, um, those dreams might be shattered. It's tough to see. Yeah, and he's a guy who was with the team, you know, early last year was released, but came in this year in great shape. Had a great camp. Rick Campbell was was happy for him. You know, said he was excited for him and, and felt he really looked good. But you mentioned it. It's a business. And Marcel Desjardins basically said as much. His quote was, these are conditions within which we work. When a rookie player is hurt, obviously we're responsible for the medical side of it. But contractually, if we kept every rookie that got hurt, we wouldn't be in existence right now. That's our reality. I think most guys understand it and know what's coming when it happens. We have to be black and white with it. We can't make emotional decisions. Having no clue. Let me tell you. I'll tell you a quick story, a personal story, mm. um, of just the, not having control. And my uh, my rookie year at the University of Oregon, 
Um, we played against Washington, and, and I had this was about I guess six six games into the season, and I was just I was new, and I was just kind of um, I just got in the rotation of, of of being a package guy at defensive back, and and uh, I was in there playing playing corner, and and there was a toss sweep play, and this is at University of Washington, which is my home would be my home team, being a Vancouver guy, so all my family and friends had come uh, come up to the game, and and. Uh, I ran the toss sweep the opposite way. I was chasing down the ball from the backside, and a receiver cut cut me and shattered my ankle. My my ankle got caught between the turf and his helmet and completely shattered it. And uh, I remember, well, f- I ended up missing a year and a half. That was, I ended up missing a year and a half of football because of that injury. But I remember being in, uh, this is why I, I can be I'm sympathetic to, to RJ and how he felt, but I remember sitting in the training room, and the team, Dr. Jones, who's a, a renowned orthopedic, uh, coming up to me and, and putting his arm around me and saying to me, I remember my mother was next to me, and this, and he said to me, uh, Davis, uh, it's a serious injury, but you can still come back and be the athlete you were. And to me, uh, that was not positive news that scared the hell out of me because to tell me that I could I could come back and be the athlete I was does that mean that there's some doubt that I might not be able to because here I am a 21 22 year old kid who's who's uh wants to play pro football and has all these dreams I just got here and you're telling me now because of that one helmet on my ankle that I might be able to I could be able to come back. I should be able to come back and be the athlete I am. I'm young. He's still here. This is it. I'm, I might not. It, it's going to depend on how this, how my rehab goes. If I'm ever allowed to be the athlete I was, that was scary to me. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's funny you say that because people listening to this who didn't necessarily play football or even play sports at a high level would think, oh, that's self-evident to be a positive message. That's reassuring. That's encouraging. But no. As an athlete, especially at that age, you're thinking if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. You're not thinking about trying to be the athlete that you are. You're thinking about trying to continually be a better athlete. So if you're saying to me a success would be getting back to ground zero in terms of my athleticism, that that in itself is a loss. And DJ, and to add to that, there's a question that I can get back to that. And when you don't have control of that, that you might be able to get back to that. That's a that's a scary that's a scary deal and so anyway uh, I won't beat that down any more than I have but I really I felt for that young man so our thoughts go out out to him and 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 also uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats played in that game and and a vet a friend of the show friend of ours and I know uh, uh, one of your guys uh, released yesterday uh, wide receiver vet wide receiver Grey Cup champ uh, Shamad Chambers yeah. Personally, I obviously love Shamad, and I love to see him play down the road. And that's a guy who's coming back from two leg injuries now, and at the age of 29, you know, it's tough to convince uh, an evaluator to continue to give you a shot when you've had a couple injuries. So we'll see what happens with Sham. The other thing that was working against him in that situation is just how squat up they are in terms of receivers. They got a lot of guys that can play, but if he wants to, we'll, we'll see what his decisions are. I think 
sham can still help a team. But you said something to me before we started recording that I never thought of, that as a Canadian, being a receiver is the toughest spot to really crack in and stay. I believe there's more talent in uh, Canadian football, the Canadians, there's more talent in football at the wide receiver position than any other spot. And I've seen it when I played. There's guys who were on practice squad, Canadian guys who played at CIS, now U Sport, uh, receivers who I thought could have been all stars in this league who never got a sniff. And let's say they could have been all stars if they would have gotten fed the ball. And uh, there's, just, there's just so many good receivers. Because the body types, there's that body type is there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of talented, fluid guys who look around the league. I guarantee you, there's there's four guys on every roster in this league. Let's say three guys, just to not overblow it. On three guys on every roster in this league that they believe, and some of their teammates believe that if the quarterback decided you're my guy on second down, or you're my go-to guy, and I'm going to uh, feed you, and I'm going to make you a star, that those guys could be all-stars. Three guys on every team, three Canadian receivers on every team, if the quarterback fed them the ball, they could be all-stars. And I, I, I believe that. And, I mean, you can look at uh, – I'll tell you a quick, quick Shamad story. Uh, 2015 or 16, I'm in Sask after a game. I cover, cover, I cover the game. I work the game. And – after the game was over, I was out uh, for uh, dinner. I was out with Chris Jones. And Chris, obviously an ex-coach of mine, uh, uh, someone I'm, I'm, I'm cool with, and we were sitting there in a booth at a, at a restaurant, and there was a bunch of the guys, a bunch of the guys on the team had walked in. And there's probably 10 or 15 guys, and we're sitting there and having a bite. And out of all the guys there, Chris looks over and he says, Chez, that he uses famous one of his famous that MFer right there, and he points at Shamad Chamber, and he says that MF can play. Now, not prompted, I didn't ask him about Shamad Chambers. Mm. He pointed out of all the guys there, American, Canadian, whoever was there, he pointed at Shamad Chambers and said that MF, MF could play. And uh, he said if 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 he taps his potential and he stays healthy, and this kid is for real, and. Anyone who's been around Chris Jones a long time knows Chris is it's tough to impress Chris Jones as a Canadian. Mm. It's really tough. He's he's a guy from the deep deep south. He's seen a million athletes in his life. So he, and he the type of player he likes is a freak athlete and he he doesn't want and and because of sheer numbers and population, we don't have as many freak athletes as 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 they do down south. So to be a Canadian and to, for Shema to impress a guy like and I trust and have a lot of respect for Chris Jones' ability to evaluate for him to point out Shema like that will tell you that uh, he's a pretty good player and a pretty good talent. I believe that he'll get a shot as well, but yeah, I mean, tough, tough. But to follow up on what you said, DJ, very tough position to to uh, to crack rosters and look look at Danny Vandervoort just just two years ago was mm-hmm. the top top three pick. Top five pick, or whatever he was, he was up there, and he's not—he's not in the league right now. Yeah, and it's not too long ago, you know, Shamad in 2015 is hoisting a great cup with Edmonton and was the most outstanding Canadian in the game. Um, and now, as we tape this, um, he's not on a roster. So uh, we will see what happens with Sham. I think. Good uh, luck to him, though, as like you said. Yeah, as you mentioned, I think he'll 
he'll get a look somewhere. Uh, Career in broadcasting, if he doesn't know, he can come and join us. We've had him on before. He's, he's fun. So Yeah, he might, yeah, he might be taking my job with the, with the broadcasting. He's much better looking than I am. Uh, receivers who like Sham can talk and make plays. Your boy Deron Carter. Deron Carter, as, uh, as, um, as Chris Jones would say. Another Chris Jones uh, favorite at times and, and maybe not favorite at other times. Uh, his, his Twitter fingers were, were going. Man, I didn't know what to think. Uh, want me to read this one? Yes, please. All right. Uh, I didn't know what to think when I saw this. But I, first things first, I love his Twitter game. And I love, uh, I don't always agree with it, but I love it. And uh, keep up the good work because it makes everybody laugh and keeps us all talking. So, so I, yeah. I'm covering the NBA Finals now. That's consumed my life, other than you know my family and, and football, my two other loves. And everyone is like, "Oh man, Drake is bad for the game. He's out here trolling. He's not a player. You know, let's just let the players play. The players are so concentrated on him." Drawn Carter is trolling like Drake, but he's in the game. Like, that's the level yes. of entertainment he's giving you, both on the field and then online. Uh, quick shout-out. Speaking of the NBA Finals, we're not going to go three weeks in a row breaking down with Drake, but shout-out to uh, uh, James Wilder Jr. and SJ mm. Green, a little mm. cameo on the, on, the, on the broadcast yesterday at NBA Finals. Uh, James Wilder Jr., that boy looks the part. He was yoked up, smoked up uh, with that tank top. But I'll tell you this much. Uh, I never wear a tank top to a basketball game because I just don't have the the shoulders and the arms to do it, but it's also freezing in the arena. Yeah, I don't care if I look like that dude. I have a tank top on every every day at the game, but uh, it was it was cool to see those guys and uh, on the on the broadcast. But well, what's what's the term? All pro get off the bus guy. Like oh, you, oh, you Jay, make him get off the bus first. Oh, he's a get off the bus for sure guy. So the other team yeah, yeah. knows what's coming. Yeah, he's all pro get off the bus guy. Also, if we're gonna do, hey, you know what he is? What's that? You know that saying look like Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah. James Wilder Jr. looks like Tarzan, plays like James. Oh, okay. You thought I was going, you I I was going somewhere else with that, huh? I see what you did there. I um, wouldn't do you like that. I was going to say, you're, you, I thought you were going to start trolling. Uh, shout out to the Argos, though, who uh, game one took in the game in Jurassic Park. They were swag surfing um, with the fans. What is your, before we get to D.C., what is your evaluation? You're a very fashionable guy. You know, your, your wife works in the fashion industry. You know, you, you often have flood pants on that are tapered real nice. What is your evaluation of what uh, GM of the Toronto Argonauts, Jim Pop, was wearing? Did you see? Have you seen this? I have seen it. Can you, I have seen can, it. Can you, uh, are you, are you, do you rate it or do you hate it? I have to get some context to it. He, I, I have to get some context to what you it want was. the backstory. I need the backstory. You don't he, think those Jordan Concords were his? Are those Elevens? Those are? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, yeah they, I, I'm not sure what it was, but it was. Uh, we had a pitcher. We had a pitcher uh, came through that was uh, JP with a Raps jersey on, some Jordan Elevens, and and some a hat on, hat, hat, hat to the cocked, side. Clay Brooks cocked, and <laughs> I, I didn't know if he was joking around or he was fly. I'm not sure. He's so. had some baggy jeans on, he too. Some, he went, they may have been like, he might have been a little Kyle Knai or Fubu or something like that. <laughs> they might have oh, been a little Knai Fubu-ish. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. So the Argos have, have posted 
the, the Pele uh, Pele's? Yeah, Pele Pele, yeah. Um Did the Argos post that? They they posted on their story, um, but but I think it might be in their feed. If not, Argos Social post it again for the Waggle listeners. You'll be able to find it. Yeah. Friend it, of the show, JP. Uh Jim Pop was was certainly in his bag um, with his with his exhaust jeans at the Jurassic Park uh, game one festivity. So let us know what you think of of Jim Park's best. Find you a GM that loves his city like Jim Pop. If you're gonna go that hard for the for the Raptors, and he also he had a jersey on. He did, but he had a jersey on like we would have a jersey on. He had a T-shirt underneath. Yes, it. yes, exactly. Yeah, um, but sorry. I derailed the conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, DC. Uh, Jerome Carter. So the tweet, he posted this tweet after uh, the preseason, preseason game before the uh, Ottawa-Hamilton game, so we won't include that, um, that game because the tweet was sent out before that, and I think the quarterbacks in that game looked pretty good. But uh, before that game, Deron Carter, DC Chiller, tweets out, been watching the preseason Get on my knees, look to the sky, and thank God I got Reichster 13, Mike Riley. Y'all in trouble. Uh, that's trolling. He's, uh, he, he's saying he's watching these preseason games, and he's getting on his knees and thanking God that his quarterback is Mike Riley. Thoughts? Is he wrong? Uh, no, he up, I mean he may not be wrong. What he said, he might be wrong for saying it. Well, he's for vocalizing okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Is he wrong though? Why? If, if if you think he's not wrong, if you think he's not wrong, why is he wrong for saying it? If it's the true fact, I, nobody for me throws a deep ball like Mike Riley, which is why I think Jerron Carter in BC, DC and BC is going to be a massive boom, or potentially it could could be a bust if he's not. Uh, if he's not with the program and, and Ed Hervey and Claybrooks have to drape him up a couple of times. Uh, but I, I think he is, his sentiment might be right. Cause yeah, you should get on your knees and thank God for Mike Riley. But you, you, you haven't, you haven't put it on paper yet. You haven't, you haven't put in the work. The last great plays I saw you make, you were playing DB. So, before you're you're thanking God for what you can do, you should do it. That's all. That's all I'm okay. saying. Don't put don't put the cart before the horse. I love the 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 confidence, but you, if you're going to talk that talk, let me see a little bit of production first. So is it not? Is it to, to me uh, the key the key sentence in all this is quote been watching the preseason. Right. He's taking a shot at the rest of the That's a disparaging <laughs> comment on what he's seen from everyone else in the preseason. Right. Is that yeah. if you're Ed Hervey, if you're De- Devon Claybrooks, who said they're going to allow D.C. to be D.C., mm-hmm. is that – are you pouring you know, fuel on the fire when, you, when you're D.C. saying you're watching other quarterbacks and basically I, I, I'm glad I don't have them? Does that bother you as a guy on the team? Or I don't think it bothers them because – or at least it shouldn't, because of what, have you not seen his timeline for the last yeah. two and a half years? This is this is who he is. This is who you you went and and, and got. This is why the marriage in Toronto was never really going to be a great one, because that's not something that Mark Tressman wants to be about, right? So um, if you listen to Mark Tressman's press availability, 
every team that he's playing next is the best team of all time, right? <laughs> so, I mean, um, with Clay Brooks and with Hervey, I think that may play a little bit. I think they're concerned if he starts tweeting and talking disparagingly about his own team. And until that happens, I think they're going to they're gonna let him live. But I will, I will take an athlete being overconfident and oversharing more than, you know, a hockey player just tell me about pucks in deep. Love and, it. You know, uh, we, we, we just got to win the, the, the period and, and fight to live another day. Like, uh, what, if I was a teammate, I'd be like, yo, how about, we, how about you keep it, as Davis would say, keep it 99. But as a fan of the league, I, 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 I'll take it. Did I, did, do you know something that I don't know? Was there an update to my contract? Was there a couple of years put on the back end of my deal? Because I keep it 97. I'm not keeping it 99. I'm not keeping it 99. Unless you, unless you heard I got you an extension, You don't want to get that DJ. close to 100 even? Nah, not a chance. Uh, to add, so, okay. So, I'm going to add to this. Someone on his timeline to give you a little more DC. Well, got to be said. It's, it's lovely conversation. Uh, he went on to not only give a shot to some of the quarterbacks that aren't proven or aren't looking good, but he went on to take a shot at maybe the best quarterback in the league or, or one of two. Oh, yes. And someone on the timeline, after Duran's tweet about that, about saying, um, thank God I got Mike Riley, y'all in trouble, somebody tweeted back at D.C. and said, yeah, well, the Calgary receivers, they say the same thing about Bo. True. Duran then tweeted back and said, yeah, Bo has thrown me a touchdown as well. And I bet the receivers love the way he throws his hands up in disgust at them. Now, I'm paraphrasing that, but uh, now now you're taking shots at Bo and the way that uh, Bo communicates with his receivers, the way he, I I could even go as far as saying showing up his, he's kind of saying that Bo is showing up his receivers here. How about that one? Because now you, now you're taking shots at, at the great cup champs and someone you're going to have to de- you have to deal with him. Yeah. And they've gone back and forth on Twitter. I don't think he cares before. if he has to deal with them to be honest, but, no, but, but the defensive bet TJ right. Lee and Aaron Grimes yeah. might, might, might not want to deal with them. Yeah. And, and he's not lying when he was a DB, he, he did take one from Bo and take it the other way. He did, but if that's, I'll, yeah, he did. He did. They've gone back and forth on Twitter before. I think uh, some beefs are not real beefs. They're competitive sport. And I, I think this is a little it's bit. It's a fun one? Not, not serious? Not taking, no one's taking it personally? I, I think so. But then again, if I'm Bo, I might feel some type of way. Because you're not just talking about me as a player and saying, oh, I'm going right. to pick you off. I'm take, you're talking about my character. Yeah. You're talking about me as a leader. Yeah. So... I agree. I, I it'll yeah, with be, that last part. It'll be interesting to see if Bo responds um or if he has some talk for him after those two teams uh face off this season. I bet yeah, I bet they love the way he throws his hands up at this in disgust at them. Speaking of Bo and his receivers. I haven't seen a, a lot of that. I have seen maybe his throw his hands up on like wondering what happened with the route or, you know, whatever it may be, which you, you always tell guys not to do that or don't show people up. But I think Bo's earned enough that as long as he's not, you know, completely calling guys out, a little hand motion that he doesn't like the route or he doesn't like the, doesn't like the depth, I don't think that's uh, 
a big deal. But obviously, DC has seen something in the film, or maybe talked to other, talked to someone. He's seen something that that as a receiver he doesn't like. Well, I mean, Bo does you know throw his hands up to his side, put them on his hips, kind of bend over at the uh, at the waist sometimes in frustration. And I just take that as him being a competitor and wanting to to you know continue his his excellence and continue to move the ball down the field. He is different in that sense from Mike Riley who will run over to a guy and say, listen, I got you. I'm going to come right back to you. Their leadership styles in that sense are different. But if we want to talk about Duran, he is not one who hasn't told the coordinator that he needs to get the ball, that they're not adequately covering him or the person who is covering him can't cover him. He isn't been afraid to get on his offense and say that you know they should be rolling and they should be killing the other team and that they need to do better um he has been very frustrated at times and, and that doesn't bother me right i want someone who cares i would rather have that and rein somebody in rather than trying to get somebody up and get somebody invested so so that doesn't bother me but if you're DC, you you can't throw stones if you live in a glass house. If 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 we have footage of you mic'd up, getting hella frustrated, you can't necessarily take shots at the 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 other elite QB in the league. They're one one A Riley and Bo Levi Mitchell for getting frustrated. Like Bo Levi Mitchell is is like a version of DC playing the quarterback position. To be honest. Um, <laughs> The only difference is Bo has been much more consistent with the productivity at his position. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Bo how Bo receives that, how he takes that. Other preseason action: Bombers twenty, Eskimos three. Uh, do we take anything from from that lackluster performance from the Edmonton offense? Uh, I think we uh, should mention Anthony Parker uh, out for the season. Uh, another non-contact injury. I believe it looks to be an, an Achilles as well. Uh, tough, tough break for Anthony Parker. But uh, do, do you take? I don't take anything from you know the preseason. The numbers we mentioned some numbers earlier, and I think you said that you know it doesn't. The numbers don't really matter. Uh, I don't take anything from stats and numbers. It's that's who we were talking. We were talking about Dom Davis and his numbers. Um, but to, you know, to me, it's how how confident are guys looking. Um, you know the plays they make. Do they do they show the speed, the athleticism? Do they show the ability to adjust to formations and and smart? You know, uh, intelligence of the game. Uh, that's the, all the stuff that matters. Who cares if a guy has, if a running back has three rushes for seventy two yards? They could be, it could be two nice blocks and a wide open hole. And and GMs don't really care. So I think for fans and and people uh, watching the games, I guess you got to realize that because the stats don't matter. In a preseason game, but do, you, do you, my point is, I guess DJ, do we take anything twenty to three Winnipeg, three points for Eskimos offense that obviously didn't play all their guys, but uh, uh, it's important to get off to a good start. I take nothing from it, nothing. To me, the preseason is qualitative and not quantitative. Meaning, I want to see how teams look. I want to see how specific players coming into the league or coming back from injury, how they look, if they adapt to the speed of the game, if the game seems too fast for them. I, I, I don't necessarily care about 
the, uh, the, the stats or the numbers or the points or the final score because it's impossible to evaluate because at least a third of the guys on the field are not going to be playing no, in no, the league. No Trevor Harris for Edmonton, yeah. no, no Ellingson. I mean, there's not, they didn't play barely any of their starters. Every team is different in terms of how much are they going to show, how much are they going to install, when are they going to install it, who they're running things for, how long are they going to take to give guys a look and evaluate, and how long are they going to take to actually get their team ready for the season. It, it, there are too many variables that I don't, I don't really take anything from it. Do you play – Chris Trevor is just two for six. He's the, he's the backup. Like we've discussed, he's someone that the people are high on. If, if something happens to Nichols or even Nichols struggles, because that last year that was a conversation. If you're Kyle Walters, Michael Shea, do you play Chris Trevlin more than that? Six attempts? Do you not want to see his accuracy has been a question? His, you know, him, his ability to drop. We know he's an athlete. His ability to drop back and throw and run the offense is, is something that people want to see more of. Would you would you play him more, or because he's solidified, you leave it? I I I I think he'll get more run in the in their second game, but I would actually, yeah, yeah. I, I think, and it's tough to put a number on attempts, um, but I think a full series, specifically if the the team is staying on the field, you want to give him a couple looks. The the difficult part is when a team is three and out, three and out, three and out, and you have to decide. Okay, I need to look at some other guys. I don't want this guy to get hurt, but also I I need him to get some live action because, as we've talked about on this podcast, practice is not what it used to be. Practice is, is not as many live, close-to-game reps. Practice is not with pads. So does, that matters a little bit less for a quarterback, but it still matters in terms of gaining timing and rhythm with, with your receivers. So, yeah, I, I was surprised that he didn't get more of a run, especially because you're right. If if Nichols goes down and he's had some injury bumps in the past or if he struggles and he's had some struggles in the past, that's that's their guy. They, they don't have another option at the, at the quarterback position. No surprise, um, I guess uh, we would say, that uh, there wasn't a lot from uh, from the Montreal offense in the first half against what we expect to be a much improved Toronto Argonauts defense they sh- <clears throat> they showed fairly well in their in their first game against Montreal uh James Franklin 3 for 4 um 70 yards and and one touchdown um yeah small sample small sample but uh it looked pretty sharp in in that small sample uh, from the Montreal side, they didn't score. Montreal did not score uh, until uh, well, they scored six, they scored six in the in the second quarter, but didn't score against their Toronto's first string defense. Didn't even really move the ball against their first string defense. Or on the flip side, didn't matter who's playing quarterback for the Argonauts, they were moving the ball at ease and finishing their drives with touchdowns. Again, I don't want to take too much from the preseason, but it, it looked like varsity versus JV. At Varsity Stadium. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the points Montreal got were late in the game when most of the players who were going to be CFL players were out of the game. Um, so you know, Vernon Adams Jr. talking about 
QB is going on their knees and praying. He's on his knees praying for some help because he did not have a lot of time. He did not have a lot of space, and he did not have a lot of open targets when when he was looking to throw. Before we end the pod, I want to talk about another quarterback. Um, but first, we got to shout out our friends at Sport Clips. You know, they're celebrating Father's Day, and we are fathers. Uh, you are a, a new dad, and I'm a fresh new dad. And so because of that, you know, Sport Clips wants to send you, yeah, you, to watch a CFO game of your choice this season, plus get a customized New Era jersey for both you and your dad. Yeah, it's a new era, literally. We've got a new era on the stitching of the jerseys. That new Argos jersey, that new Al's jersey looks nice. You need to update your fit. Enter the contest by going to sportclips.ca slash fathersday. That's sportclips.ca slash fathersday. And you can get an opportunity to get fitted in a nice jersey. Probably will fit you a little bit better than the one that Jim Pop was wearing at Jurassic Park. And you can go watch a CFL game on us. Sportclips has got you covered. Uh, if you are in Edmonton, you're going to get that beautiful, that iconic, that green that gold, you can watch the Esks. You will not be able to watch quarterback Daniel Bryan, the international who was nationally one of the favorite players from not only the fans and community in Edmonton, but from other players around the league. Uh, he is he was cut, so that move. Talking about young QBs that have been groomed and that people really like, that opens the door for Logan Kilgore to really. You know, be the the primary um, backup in that situation. Trevor Harris is obviously uh, their guy, um, but O'Brien is someone who his teammates really loved, and we saw an outpouring of respect paid to him on Twitter after after that news was announced. Yeah, it was uh, it was obvious from uh, Sean White's uh, comments and Atea J and his teammates. It's it's funny. You can always two ways. You if you ever question as a fan who's not in the room, if you ever want to uh, get the real on what teammates think of a guy, two sure ways to to, to find out is watch when a guy makes a play. Especially in a, in a situation where the guy game is either uh, out of hand or maybe not that as important of a time, but when a guy makes a play, you will see the way that his teammates react mm-hmm. and uh, the excitement they have for a guy they love. Now, if it's a guy that you know, it's more it's more it's a telling tale to a guy that they really really admire. It's not as easy to see if it's a guy that people don't really like because when you score or make a play, everyone gets a high five and a chest bump, but. Um, so it's hard to, to to really quantify the guys that not everyone loves. But if a, if it's a guy that the teammates rally around and love, you will see when they make a play, everyone smiling, laughing, high fiving each other. Not just them; they're high fiving each other. Uh, it's it's evident. And then another the other way to tell is um, when a guy is no longer with them, um, like Daniel Bryan, who's just been released, and the messages that come out. I don't know Daniel Bryan; I've never met him. Uh, actually, I. I haven't even heard anything about him and uh, as a guy, and it took me about 12 minutes on Twitter after hearing about his release that Danny O'Brien is a guy that 
everybody in that locker room loved, well-respected, a great teammate. It, it, it was evident, and the guy's uh, out, outpouring of, of respect and, and, uh, and well wishes to, uh, for Daniel, Daniel O'Brien, who has been released from the S. Yeah, he's been around for a bit. He had you know, 13, or 32 games that he appeared in with Edmonton. And we, we talked about it on last week's podcast, the wrinkle that is this preseason where timing is different for everyone. Uh, Edmonton has wrapped their preseason, so now is when you're going to hear this news coming out of Edmonton that making some tough roster decisions before their opener, June 14th versus Montreal. That's right. It's crazy. We are taping this on a Tuesday, June 4th. You're more than likely listening to this on Wednesday the 5th or Thursday the 6th. We are less than two weeks away from real football. Not this preseason stuff. Real, actual football. It's crazy. But this is the best time of year for me if you are a sports fan. Let's wrap it up. Let's, let's, wrap, let's, wrap, let's wrap it up. I think that's... Uh... I think we flood, we flushed it all out. Look at this. This is crazy. It's look at that's what I said. When it when it's over, it's evident. Everybody around. Look at everyone crowding around you. It's over. The podcast is over for the day. Everyone, look at Creeper's high five and you. Jr's high five and you. Robbie Abramson's high five and you. Brody just gave you a, a a chest bump and look. I can't look. Look at this. See, it's quite evident. That everybody loves DJ because when we sign off for the waggle, it's high fives and chest bumps and cheesy grins all around the building. Yeah, hopefully after this podcast, I don't get released. I'm not a uh, a cut before the season, and you won't be seeing tweets about me thanking me for my time and wishing you well. Bring your playbook, Bennett. In my future endeavors, uh, let us know though on Twitter what you think, what you want us to talk about, what you're looking forward to this upcoming season. It's the Waggle Podcast. It's on. Basically, any platform that you can listen to a podcast is brought to you by Sport Clips. Make sure you like, favorite, share, subscribe. Later.